the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Something just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Spread the floor. Let's go. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore, and I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by my colleagues on a Sunday night. We're doing this special just so you guys have got these big game fours covered from a betting perspective. Uh, Brandon Anderson, how was your mom's day? It's good. Uh, you know, thank you to all the moms out there listening. I'm sure we have a, a large mom's audience out there. So <laughs> appreciate appreciate our Mother's Day. Uh, better weekend for me than Chris Paul. It did not have himself a nice trip to Dallas, but we're on the other games today. Uh, Raheem Palmer, professional better, joins me as well. Ra, I'm going to be real with you right here. I had a goddamn awful weekend. I ha- I just missed. And right now, this is what happened to me last year, where it's like I felt really, I played, I did really well in the first round. And the second round, I lost complete track. It's not that I feel like I don't know who's going to win. It's the game by game stuff that I'm like, I don't have a good feel for. So I'm looking to you and Brandon today to guide me because it's bad right now for me. And I'm trying to get back on track. So we're going to go ahead and get started with uh, game four on Monday night. We got two monstrous games. Let's go ahead and get into who oh boy. We are the most divided on Boston Milwaukee to start this series. Uh, Ra and Brandon both liked Boston. I liked Milwaukee before the Middleton injury and then was like, boy, I don't know. I'm going to stay away from it. And then game one happens and then game two and I'm going back and forth. And like, I actually bet Celtics in five a little bit. Just because I was like, what if this is like the inverse of the 2019 series where Boston took game one and then Milwaukee reverse? Nope, nope. Brandon, this is the one I really want to dig into um, with you because you've had a lot, I think, a lot more uh, firm positions on it. Rod, Rod, I are a little bit more like shrug. I don't know. Both these teams are real good. Um, so and here's how I view it. The Bucks won what I would consider to be like not a coin flip game, but that they got like a bunch of stuff to go right for them in game one. Like everything went right for them in game one. And you have to win games when things go right for you. So they win game one. The Celtics bounce back in game two. We were all on the Celtics. No surprise there. They're not going down 0-2 at home. Game three was a weird game for a lot of reasons. Like the Celtics fans are like, we got screwed by the officials. And everybody's like, you shot twice as many free throws and had all this other stuff go right. And you think you got screwed. They're like, yeah, just wait for the, to the last two minute report. And the last two minute report's like, no, no, we got a bunch of stuff wrong, but not the ones you wanted. Um, I still kind of feel like the, the, the Bucks, even though they led in that game, like the fact that the Celtics couldn't steal it back from them felt big to me. Like that was a coin flip game. So now the Bucks have a coin flip game and they've taken home court advantage. And now the Celtics are going to have to win three of four with the Bucks having home court. Oh boy. The, like the Celtics are, are officially up against it. Game four Bucks are one point favorites. This open minus two and a half. It's down to one. of the tickets are on Milwaukee, 59% of the money, but it's gone the other way, which basically says that like, Hey, we're taking a lot of money on the, on the, the bucks, but not the money we care about. The money we care about is on the Celtics total opens two Oh nine and a half. It's all the way up to two twelve. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to make of the series. 
What's your read on game four, Boston, Milwaukee, Brandon? So let me start with my read on game four. Here's my best bet. It's going to surprise you. Are you ready? Yeah. It's the same best bet. I've played every <laughs> single game. It's the box team under. It's the only thing I actually feel like I know in the series. We're at 105 and a half right now. It's down a point from last game. I don't care. We're three and no on the team under. I still look Milwaukee. I thought played their probably two best offensive quarters of the series. Third quarter, they scored, I believe, 34. First quarter, they only had 22, but I liked what I saw. I liked the way that the, the offense was moving things, getting shots. Giannis obviously had a stretch where he just took over and did literally everything for them. Even with all of that, even with Boston making no shots again and Milwaukee getting a lot of runouts and those sorts of things, the easier points, they still went under the, the team under. So that remains the one thing I feel relatively confident about in the series. On the series as a whole, I, I'm nearer a coin flip now. I'm starting to lean Milwaukee. And I'm not betting it. So I, I, I'm, I'm not a strong position on either side. I already bet Boston before the series. The problem is neither one of these teams can score the basketball right now. These defenses are playing awesome. It's this incredibly physical series. It felt like though it felt like both teams uh, somewhere in the middle of game two were like, well, we're not making any shots. We can't run anything. I'm pretty sure the best offense we have is to just miss a shot and hope that we get it back for an easier shot or hope that they miss the shot and then run really fast to the other end and score before they can get their defense set up. Like that's it. That's the only offense either team could really come up with. And by the way, Boston was terrible at doing that for most of the game, running off of misses. They tried, but the numbers were pretty ugly. So it just, it, it feels like we're still where we were at coming in the end of the series, which was Boston's going to get a ton of threes up. Did they make them? And so far we have twice now where Boston didn't make their two pointers or their three pointers. I still don't know if the shots will fall for the Celtics, but why I'm leaning Milwaukee on the series right now, the way that game two looked, the way that, or sorry, game three, the way that the series is shaping up, it's physical, it's physicality. And Milwaukee is the bigger, more physical team. And Milwaukee is the team that has the Greek God. Like the, the, if you're, if you're playing a rock fight, I want the biggest rock and the shiniest, best foot worded foot, footworked, with a bag rock that can do all the things and throw the biggest punch. So it feels like up to one and with the physicality edge and, Oh, by the way, we have Giannis. It's a tough, it's a tough spot for Boston to get out of. I'm going to give you a half unit right now. I'm going to give you a half unit of my money and it points bet. We got alternate team totals. Okay. We got alternate team totals. <laughs> Under 104 and a half is one plus 150. Ra's going to lose his mind during this. I mean, he's going to be like, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> under 102 and a half is plus 150. We get one and a half. We get a buck 50 on 102 and a half. No pun intended on buck 50, right? Wah, wah. Under <laughs> 100 and a half is plus 185, sir. Under 100, 100 points or less, and we're at plus 185. You want the half unit? I I'll do it. It's my money. You want the half unit? I'll, I'll, I'll split it with you. you. You want the half unit? 
it's so the box this What's the, the box this series have scored 101, 86, and the 103. It tells me a little bit that the total is moving up here. That, I got that under, does give me some pause. I got under 106 and a half at minus 125. If you want to be, no, no, I already took the, I already took the 105. Like I already took the the regular line. What what is the line for like under 100 basically? Under 100. Well, if you want to go that far, if you want to go under 99 and a half, that's plus 240, Brandon. Sir, do you want to go that far? Have you met me? I don't do half measures. <laughs> Look, I say under 100 because they've been one bucket away from doing that all three games right now. And it's a much easier math problem for me to figure out as the game's going along. Like, did they get 25 this quarter? All right, good. We're winning our bet right now. So I say under 100. Rob, what do you think? Love it. Believe it or not, I, I really love it. And I'm going to tell you why I love it. I, I'm looking at my playoff model right now and and it makes the the final score of this game 98 97 bucks total of 196 so and when you look at the the metric of the series the bucks are scoring one point per possession that's it that's their offensive rating 100 so i agree with brandon on this i actually wrote about it for the new york post today i kind of took your angle but i went team total under 106 and a half i think i would take this as low as a hundred, Brandon. Um, you got you got, got raw in a major U.S. publication to not play a side <laughs> or combined total. You have won the war, my friend. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. Um, raw. Do you do you want to bet anything on the series right now? Do, well, what's um, your you you like the the team total? You got another best bet on this game, or is that it? Um, that's my strongest play, but I, I think I would still take the the total under. Um. Honestly, I think I would take the Bucks in this game. I'm 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 very concerned about the Celtics right now. And look, I played the Celtics first half, full game spread and money line in game three, just because when I looked at them, I felt like they were the better team. Um, and I I told Brandon this through text. I feel like I'm watching, I feel like the Celtics have more paths to win this game. Um, when I watch the Bucs, I feel like their offense is basically Giannis turning into prime Jerome Bettis and running the HB dive. Like that's their offense right now. Um, and I, I just feel like the Celtics, I mean, if they could just hit shots, but in two of the three games, they're not hitting shots. So I'm going to stay away from the side. I think I just would go under. Okay. Um, I don't want to bet the side. I don't want to bet the top. Look, it's, it sounds crazy to me that like the Celtics would go down Three one, just like it sounded crazy that the Celtics would go down two zero. I think on the series it gets interesting, based off of like just the numbers. I will say, look, I'll say this: I looked it up on who wins this morning uh, on Sunday, and like the numbers are not overwhelming here for teams that go up two one when they when they didn't start with home court. If you go up two one and you have home court, the numbers are really good, yeah. but. Going up 2-0 when you don't have home court, it hasn't been necessarily um, as impressive. It just hasn't, it has not been as good. If you look back in the entire history, which they have, which is like whowins.com is where I always get the stuff from. And it's the data on there is expansive and uh, in my experience, accurate. And it's just, it's a godsend. Uh, If you go there, you'll find that in the NBA semifinals, because I always like to kind of like, or quarterfinals, I kind of like to look at it by round, right? So if you went up 2-1, one, 
in the quarters and you didn't start the series in home court, teams are 26 and 20, 57%. Just 57% of the time when you're up to one, that's given that the like, if you're up to one and you have home court as, as a comparison in the second round, uh, that's 105 and 14 for 88%. All total, let's say they ignore the round. You just go up to one. Uh, you wind up winning the series 84 and 53, 61% of the time. Like, if you didn't start with home court, the numbers are not like overwhelming for you. So I kind of continue to be like, not a, I don't think it's a bad time to bet the Celtics to win the title. You're going to get them you know, in a really good number right now. You know what? I think you almost got to play the Celtics tomorrow. Um, like, look, Jason Tatum probably had his worst game of the season. Giannis dropped 42 points. And, I mean, they still almost stole this one. Um, I, I think the number is Bucks minus one for a reason. It's, it's kind of telling you. Like, I always have a phrase. Every line tells a story. It's telling us that the, the, this series is going to go back to Boston tied 2-2. I think that's, that's the side for me. Okay, so we got we have a small number of bets on this game, which is not surprising, um, given it happened on Saturday, everybody's on for Mother's Day. But right now in the, in the tools over at Action, mm-hmm. for Moneyline, 41% of the tickets that we're tracking are on Milwaukee. 99% of the money in terms of the overall money being tracked. That percentage is over. Like, we're tracking massive bets on, on the Celtics on the money line, essentially. The bets that have come in, now that's not going to be as many, but the bets that have come in on the money line, in the books that we're tracking, huge. So I, I'll tell you this: you can't. I do we agree on this? You can't play bucks here. Do we all agree you can't play bucks? Yeah, you, you can't. Uh, you can't play bucks. I mean, the Celtics are the side. Yeah, no, not, for this game, you can't play bucks, right, Brandon? I won't go there. I think the bucks. Okay. Have, I lean bucks. I'm not going to play it because I just I don't trust what's happening either side. But I think that I would lean bucks in this game. And I'll say this too: just while we were just talking. I lean Bucks in the game. I'm not going to play it. But if the Bucks win this game, I will be looking very strongly at Celtics to win the series, Celtics to make the finals, Celtics to win the finals odds. Because I here, here's let me push back, Matt. On you, you kind of open with some narrative stuff on on this how the series is played out. Game three clearly a coin flip. Like all the all the weird calls at the end, all the weird stuff, the goal ten. Like look, it, all the stuff on either direction. It just was a coin flip. It went one direction. Literally had the game been 0.2 seconds longer, we would have seen overtime and it may have gone another direction or a hundred other things. Game one, let me reframe this way, Matt. You said, well, the Bucks had two games where it kind of felt up for grabs and they got both of them. And I know you are big on, boy, it's tough. If you've got two of those and you give two of them away, it's tough to overcome that. Let me reframe the narrative. Boston won outright the one game that wasn't a coin flip relatively easily. The shots were falling. They coasted for the most part in two other games. I saw kind of what you saw, but here's a reframing Milwaukee let a team that was playing like absolute garbage, hang around and hang around and hang around. And the Bucks had to win the game and did, and they did. They got the win, wow. but both of those games, as we watched it, felt like, man, Milwaukee really better not give but, this one away. Let me, let me push back real quick on that. Uh, I'm going to push back on your pushback, and we'll just keep pushing back on pushing back. <laughs> but, like, the reason I want to push back is your starting framework was I think the Celtics are the better team. 
right? Yeah. And so yes. you're, and that's kind of like your continuing thing is like over the course of seven games. I, and I hear that. Here's kind of the issue. If you accept that, 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 like how good Boston is, then I think it becomes, I think there is kind of this question of, I don't think, I think this, I always kind of, whenever I go into a series, this is just in my head. Like I break it down where I'm like, okay, take Suns maps. Okay. The Suns are going to get two games where Booker's incredible or Chris Paul's insane, right? They're going to have two games where they're just like insane. I think the Suns are going to win two coin flips, right? Because I think that they're better in the clutch because Rob's been talking about that. So that gets me to four. So now I'm like set there and like how it plays out regardless. But like, I like the Suns to win that series with Boston and Milwaukee. I think it was very much like a, look, I expect two great games from Boston. We got one of them. Um, I expect at least like one and a half really great games from Milwaukee. We haven't seen like a great Milwaukee game. Now we talk all the time about how like they just tend to not like they have some, Oh, we should give them more credit. They had some games in this, in this finals where we were just like, Holy shit, this Bucks team's incredible, right? Mm-hmm. But that's kind of my thing is like, what if this what if the Bucks come out next game and it's like, oh, they got the shooting variants again and they didn't play like garbage and like the Celtics didn't hit a bunch of threes and just like they were you know? So and then at that point, if they get one of those over the next three games, it's three one. Right? If they get one yeah. or over the next two, three one. Oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Um or three two. And so yeah. like that that's kind of the equation. I don't mind your play here in terms of saying I'm going to be looking for it. The three, one comeback. Like I can't sit here and say like, Oh, Mike Budenholzer team's never going to blow a three, one lead. That does not feel confident, but that's a, that's still a pretty bold take given the number you'll get a great number on it, but that's a bold take to be looking for Boston down three, one. Yeah. It's playing the number. It's, it's not, it's basically saying, look, I think that Boston is has the slightly weightier side of the coin flip and gets game seven at home, which is an even more weight on the coin flip side of this equation. Of course, Giannis is on the other side, so that'll pull it back pretty well. But like, look, I, I understand the concept of Giannis Antetokounmpo, who just put out 42, 12, and eight, and looked like he could do anything he wanted at any point, betting on him to lose three playoff games in a row to end the season seems like lunacy. Hi, I'm Brandon. These are the sort of bets that I like to make. The fact that it seems like lunacy is why we're going to get a number that I think if we get there would be worth playing Jason Tatum. That obviously has got to be a lot better. He was good defensively, but he's got to do more. Let me ask this on, on the serious thing. We've said this a couple of times. So I, I talked to Raheem about this a little bit on the math. Both of you, I think have said something to the effect of, if we don't really know what's happening right now, but we agree these teams are good. Raheem, I've heard you say, I think this might be the championship. Matt, I've heard you say, I think we should just be betting whoever loses to win the title. Right now, you can bet Milwaukee plus 500 to win the title. You can bet Boston at plus 750. If you play both of those together, you are getting an implied something around plus 280 for either Boston or Milwaukee. Whoever wins this series, to win the title, or if you prefer, you can play them both together to win the East and get basically like a minus one Oh seven, like pretty close Mm -hmm. to a coin flip. If you play those odds together. So you've both kind of hinted toward that. The number is pretty good there, to be honest. What do you think about it? No. Yeah. Look, I've been doing it. I've been betting, I've been betting whoever loses to win the NBA title uh, because I think, you know, we're going to get a better number 
then we'll get if the Bucks if the 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 numbers right now favor the West. I posted those on this morning that the Western Conference is, is favored right now to win the NBA title. And some of that's like messy. It's not like a direct one one. But I think if Suns get out of this map series and they beat the Warriors, they'll be favored. I think if the Warriors beat the Suns because of that reputation, they'll be favored. I think that either of those teams will probably be actually might be. Well, the Celtics one's tough, but I think the Suns will be favored. Um, and so I think you're getting a better number than you would get otherwise. Like, I don't think the books, even though I think that, that they will take a massive amount of money on Milwaukee, if it's Suns box, I think the I think everybody comes in on Milwaukee. But and so the reason I th- and they know that. And so I don't think that they'll be able to make I think they have to make the Bucks dogs, but they can't make them substantial dogs. And so getting them at at plus 280. Yeah, because I think Celtics are probably way closer to even like I think that's way close. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll say to you, those numbers are from about three hours ago. We're recording this right after the Suns just lost game four. I'm going to guess that that number doesn't exist anymore because the Suns are less likely to get there. And then that's going to move the number just a little bit away from us, too. Hit me with your prop angles, and then we're going to touch on this Memphis Golden State disaster very quickly before we get out of here. Yeah, I need you guys help on these prop angles because we're, we're back to... Round one, Grayson Allen territory, but not Grayson Allen this time. It is a Grayson Allen angle. I don't think Grayson is playable in this series. His defense started to look real bad, and he started to get hunted a little bit last game. And as much as this this series is about defense, I don't think there's a great spot for him out there. Pat Connaughton is the guy that I think is going to be out there. He played something like 35 minutes last game. I want the Pat Connaughton overs. Over nine and a half points, so just double digits, not asking a whole lot. Over two and a half threes is plus 180. So here's the number. This season, Pat Conton has played over 30 minutes 14 times. He's hit at least three threes in 11 out of those 14 games. When he's out there, he's going to get shots up. He was two for eight. He got eight three-pointers up in game three. We talked about from game two, the big problem with Milwaukee was they only had 18 threes. And Grayson, Conton, and Bobby only had five combined. I think they got like somewhat like double or triple that up in, in game three. So I like Pat Connaughton overs. And the other one, Matt, I need your way. And especially here, it felt like Brooke Lopez was an angle where Milwaukee was like, you know what? Our only offense other than transition is Giannis doing stuff. But what if we just dump it into the post and let Brooke use his size and do those old post-up moves? And so I like Brooke Lopez over 17 and a half points and rebounds. He cleared that easily. He had a double-double last game. You can bet double-double at 1,100 to one right now. I don't know he's going to do that again, but I think that that number is way off. So what do you think about playing the Pat Connaughton or Brooke Lopez over angles? On any Milwaukee buck that is a shooter, vaya con Dios, mi amigo. Like, (laughs) best of luck to you. I can't, I cannot in good conscience advise taking a Milwaukee buck to hit open threes. Like, if you want to do it, you go ahead. You have not had the experience that I have had betting the Milwaukee Bucks and watching them clank open three. But um, I mean, look, I think your numbers are sound as they always are. But I can't mm. I can't personally get there just because it's like it's like Connaughton had seven uncontested shots and hit one like that. Just I, if you told me that I'd just be like, yeah, it sounds about right. Bucks going to buck. Um, 
the Lopez one I like a lot because if you're trying to combat Horford and you're just like, man, Horford's and Horford is he like Horford's been amazing and is killing. Oh, so good. The mm. best way to counter Horford is to be like, okay, but you're going to give it back on the other end. You're not going to play Tice and you're not going to play Robert Williams and you're matching up Horford versus Lopez. We're just going to bludgeon you with this. And they're smart enough and they trust Brooke enough to actually do that. Unlike a lot of teams. Oh, sons. So <laughs> like they actually will do that. So I think that's like of the two, I would lean Lopez, especially just like I would do a same game parlay and just take the over on his points and rebounds. That's that's what I would do. Yeah, I, I like both of them. And it's basically it's a minutes thing. It's a fade Grayson Allen and Bobby Portis, who seem like they started to move out of the rotation in the series. Yeah. And we saw Portis. We saw that happen with them some last year, too. So I think yeah. there just aren't other options. It's got to be these two. So it's a volume play. I have a prop. Uh, I'm going to go Grant Williams over one and a half made threes. When you look at, I mean, what he's doing throughout the series, he's taking 6.3 threes a game. He's making 3.3. Last game, he went one for six for three. Those opportunities are going to be there against a Bucks team, which we said before, they give up a ton of open threes. Brandon, so, Brandon I will bet you a quarter unit right now that Rob will take the Celtics by the time the, the tip-off comes. I can, like I can already hear him on this podcast. Like I can, he, I could tell that like he came in and was like, yeah, um, I don't really have a play. And then we started talking about it. And now he's like, yeah, it's gotta be the Celtics. It's got it. Like I can, I can absolutely, yeah. like I can absolutely hear you. Gonna, you know me, you know me so well. Yeah. He's going to be on it by the time the tip off comes. He's going to, let's, let's go Grant Williams over, over me. I like, I like that play. I like the, I wish I'd been on Grant Williams earlier in the series. I just, I, and, I and the one thing I didn't, re- I mean, he's playing so many, he's playing almost 30, 35 minutes a game in this series. So he's going to get the, the way, time. He's going to get the shots. If they advance, we're all in on Grant Williams versus the heat with that, with that defense. Oh, we're, yeah. we're, so many threes. Yeah. We're, we're pouring it on, on Grant Williams. If they get out of the series now on to sleeper sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fancy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code BUCKETS and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper and use promo code BUCKETS when you deposit. Term and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay. Back to the show. Uh, and the other game, which has become both uh, just an ugly, just I, it's it, this should be a really super fun series. And the narrative, the conversation around it, uh, like it, this is one that honestly, like you, you, if you are not on Twitter, you're enjoying this t- series a lot more than the rest of us. Like yeah. this is a great example of a series that Twitter has effectively ruined with how nasty everyone is on every single side of it. Uh, Memphis Golden State. So um, Taylor Jenkins comes out today. The, they put the nut line at nine and a half. It's pretty clear that they did not think that job was going to play last game closed at seven and a half. It's, it opens at nine and a half. Taylor Jenkins says, and his availability that, uh, it's very likely that job does not play in game four. So let's go ahead and for this, for the purposes of this, um, let's assume that he's not going to, as 
was obviously true with the Embiid thing, and we got to talk about that tomorrow. Um, as far as the availability stuff goes, if you want to be sure, if you're not willing to take the risk when you hear this stuff, wait, wait, just wait until tip when you've got to confirm whether or not whether or not Josh playing. Like, we'll we'll give you where we feel about the number. We'll give you how our, our impulses on these things, but ultimately, like, we can't make the NBA coaches actually be transparent with the stuff. So if Jaw suddenly is like, oh, he might play, he's gonna try, he's so heroic, blah blah, he might play. But right now, the assumption is he's not going to. Brandon, the Grizzlies were incredible all year without John Morant. I I don't want this game. I don't. I do not want it. I don't want because it, it's. I feel like there's going to actually be a big push of you know they were really great without Jaw this year. It's a must win game for Memphis. I just I don't like the number. Right, if this number was where the game three line was, even though I lost that bet, I'd probably be on the Warriors, but I, I don't, I have no feel for this. I don't want any part of this with jaw out. To me, it creates a, a, it takes an already weird series and makes it even weirder. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much with you there. Unfortunately, it's, it's a weird spot. We obviously don't expect jaw to play. Dylan Brooks comes back. So now Dylan Brooks steps into the void and we get a lot more Dylan Brooks shots up. That's not a thing that gets me very excited for either side. Really. I have no idea what comes of that, but that, that never works out super great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird because they were, the Grizzlies were so good without Morant and it was such a story during the season that rather like normally it'd be like, well, you know, you, you do the angle a lot. Like, well, the Warriors might come out flat because there's no Morant and, and you, kind of overlook things a little bit, but because the Grizzlies were still good all year and that's the story, you almost have to like fade the fade, the narrative thing and go the other way. And you just get back to, for this game, the shrug emoji thing. I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't know what happens here. Does Jaron Jackson make 12 more threes this game? Why not? Maybe he does. I have no idea what's happening anymore. You know, like the last game, the, the Grizzlies at six threes in the first five minutes, they had a six point swing basically on the last five seconds before halftime. They got the Draymond foul that waved off the Steph three and then hit the half court three. They got four threes from Morant and Jaron Jackson and, and Bain for each. And they lost by 30. They could have lost this game by like 60 points. If, if weird things hadn't gone their way, this is a weird series. I like Kuminga. I like I like the move to start him. I thought that that paid off well. Obviously, he had a bunch of turnovers. You know, the plus minus wasn't great, but I felt like the energy was good and the way that they're defending Jaw worked better for a while. Um, I do feel like it might be time to try out Stephen Adams, although I thought that better with Jaw Morant. Yeah, Brandon Clark. It's yeah. it's not Brandon Clark series. I thought it would be, but it, he's not been good. They, he's minus they, 27 last game. Credit to the Warriors for being like, we're not going to get beat by Brandon Clark offensive rebounds. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you paying attention, Minnesota Timberwolves? Because literally that's all you had to do. Um, Ra, yeah. do you have a, is, tell me you got to feel. Tell me you got to play here. I think I'm going to go under. We talk a lot about the success of this Memphis Grizzlies team without John Morant during the, the regular season. I, I mean, that's all fine and everything like that. But I think this is where he shows his value and being able to score and get baskets in the half court and push and transition and a playoff set. Tyus is, is good, but I'm just, I'm just not buying it. And I also think 
their defense is going to be a little bit better with him off the floor. When you look at them in the regular season, they were five points per one of possessions better with him off the floor defensively. In the 25 games he didn't play, the Grizzlies had a defensive rate in a 104. So I think they really locked down on defense. And I also don't think the Warriors continue to shoot like 70% and make every single shot. So I'm going to go under here. Um, this just reminds me so much of, you know, I'm a Sixers fan, Allen Iverson. 2001 Sixers, they were 6-5 six and five without Iverson in the regular season. Um, and, I mean, that's not as great as what the Grizzlies are now, but in the Eastern Conference Finals, I, I believe Allen Iverson missed that game against the Bucks, and they still cover, um, but they, they ultimately lost the game. So I think you kind of got to look Grizzlies or pass. I think you get a, a good effort from the Grizzlies, but the thing that's keeping me off of it is that Desmond Bain has not been Desmond Bain, and that's the biggest thing that's going to keep me off of it. But if I had to play a side, I'd be looking that way, but – yeah, I think the under is a really smart angle because mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. With Morant out, it pushes both teams under. It, it it pushes, you know, Memphis's entire offense, the series has been jobby amazing. And I guess we're going to hit a lot of threes right now. But even those threes are coming off of job being amazing to get a lot of the open threes or being amazing hitting the open threes. Or even, even so, yeah, it's like they're just leaving them wide open. <laughs> exactly. So it's, I don't know where the Grizzlies get their offense from. And, and you're, uh, I, the angle I like about it is with him out, you're right. The defense is going to be much better for Memphis. And, and plus, I think you get the chance that Golden State, you know, the, the kind of hangover effect with the star out and Golden State screws around early, gets the turnovers. Maybe we get like more minutes with Brooks and Melton out there or something like that, where we're just getting lots more defensive length and turnovers and runouts and just goofy sort of stuff like, what what have we been watching the last three weeks, if not goofy things happening in Memphis Grizzlies game? So I think under is really smart. I will I'll do I'll play this angle. Two things that we played last game: Draymond Green over three and a half turnovers. He's over that all five games against Memphis this season. He had four last game. He had five the first two games. We're plus number on that. The Draymond turnovers. I'll take the Warriors third quarter again. I'll take a blind right now. Either they're up. And then they put them away because the Grizzlies just don't have an answer or they screw around early and the Grizzlies hang around and it's kind of a weird rock fight thing. And then they come out in the third quarter. The numbers have been there all year. They're three and zero in the third quarter of the series by five, seven and 14 points. So I'll just take Warriors third quarter and Draymond turnovers. For the season without John Morant, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are 20 and five straight up, 18 and seven against the spread. If you separate that into when they were the dog, that goes down to six and three, both straight up and against the spread. If you make it to where they were road dogs without John Morant, you're down to just four games and they were two and two against the spread and straight up. Under was one and three, uh, three and one rather in those games. Under was three and one in those games as a road dog. So as much as, as Memphis did thrive, they were very rarely underdogs and they were very rarely road dogs in that situation. Uh, all right. To wrap up, Brandon likes, are you, do you want to go ahead and play the Pat content? You want to play both the props? You want to listen to both the best bet? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll play them. Pat content over three pointers made. Yes. Or points. Uh, I'll take the over two and a half threes over two and a half threes. Uh, he likes Brooke Lopez over on points and rebounds with a sprinkle on the double-double. Yeah, that's exactly it. Sprinkle on the double-double. Uh, Raheem's going to talk himself into the Celtics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got the team I, total under on the Bucks. Yeah, we all like the team under. 
We're all yeah. on the team under. I'm joining in on that to hide behind the two of you. You're going to be my lead Grant blockers. Williams over three, over one and a half made threes. Grant Williams over one and a half made threes. Um, for Warriors Grizzlies, we're all kind of very much afraid of this game. Um, Brandon likes over three and a half Draymond turnovers. Warriors third quarter, which I will probably tail him on. Um, and got to lean to the under. We like and the under. lean to the under for Raheem. We'll see where he gets to on that. Okay, we're set for game four. We'll see how this shakes out. We'll be back with you tomorrow where we'll talk about Heat Sixers and whatever the hell's going on in Suns Mavericks. We'll try and dissect that tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to download the Action Network app, track your bets, and follow Raheem and Brandon's picks. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get buckets.